No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we continue in Psalm 119, as the psalmist seeks God's tender mercies to help him against the proud who have dug pits for him. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the Psalms on Simply the Bible. One of the amazing things about the 119th Psalm is that almost every one of its 176 verses says something about the Word of God, and yet the psalmist never repeats himself. I have been pointing out that with each eight verses, every word begins with the same Hebrew letter for those eight verses, and then it moves on to the next Hebrew letter. So we come to the Hebrew letter Yod for the next eight verses. Verse 73, your hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. Those who fear you will be glad when they see me because I have hoped in your word. Now, it's good for us to often consider that we are created. Perhaps the greatest lie that Satan ever sold is that we evolved from bits of matter in the cosmos over billions of years. If we are merely the result of random natural processes, then what is the point of morality, philosophy, and religion? We might as well eat and drink and be merry, for tomorrow we die. We might as well live it up and do whatever makes us feel good, since it is all an accident anyway, and there's no accountability to a supreme judge. But if the Bible is true, and we have been created by God, then everything changes. Of course, the psalmist believes that God made and fashioned him. God formed Adam from the dust and breathed the breath of life into him so that he became a living soul. God now holds our breath in his hands. He gave us life, and he can take it away at any moment. So we live each day because of his infinite mercy, and if he made us, then he has a purpose for us. We are not a cosmic accident, but we have an eternal destiny. We are made in the image of God, and we are infinitely precious to him, for he loves us as he loves his own son. Now, the psalmist prays for understanding so that he can learn God's commandments. He realizes that apart from the supernatural understanding that God gives, the commandments are beyond his reach. They are too sublime and too impossible for him to perform apart from God's grace. Then he says that those who fear you will be glad. He knows that he does not live his life merely to himself. There are others watching all the time. His actions have numerous repercussions in their lives. And those who fear God will be glad when they see him hope in the word. Because in a depressing and discouraging world, people are searching for hope in others and they rejoice when they find it. I know, O Lord, that your judgments are right, and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Let, I pray, your merciful kindness be for my comfort according to your word to your servant. So the psalmist knows that God's judgments are right. We may not understand them because his ways 
are far above our ways and his thoughts above our thoughts. But God always acts according to his inherent goodness. Therefore, when the psalmist was afflicted, he knew it was for good reason. It was the measured correction of a loving father and not the unrestrained punishments of a capricious God. But even though we may know that our afflictions are just and serve a greater purpose, still we need God's merciful kindness to comfort us as we go through them. The psalmist could count on this because God reveals so much about his mercy in his word. His own professed character is that he is gracious and merciful, and his acts of loving kindness throughout the scripture give the psalmist sufficient hope that the Lord would deliver him and show him mercy and kindness. How much more does God show that merciful kindness not only to his servants, but also to his beloved children. Let your tender mercies come to me that I may live, for your law is my delight. Let the proud be ashamed, for they treated me wrongfully with falsehood, but I will meditate on your precepts. So God's tender mercies are our very life. In fact, David said that God's loving kindness is better than life. We may be called upon to endure great and long-lasting afflictions. It can happen, but we can go on living if we go on receiving God's tender mercies, which are new every morning for those who trust in Him. May these be abundantly poured out upon us. And we can expect that if we have made God's law our delight. So the psalmist says, let the proud be ashamed. He'd been dealing with, with their words, their persecutions, and he just committed them to God. God, you know what they're doing. You bring them to shame, but I will meditate on your precepts. Probably the worst thing that the proud could do would be to draw the psalmist away from meditating on the good word of the Lord. He wasn't going to let that happen. He just said, God, you take care of them. I'm going to continue to meditate on your word. Let those who fear you turn to me. Those who know your testimonies, let my heart be blameless regarding your statutes that I may not be ashamed. So because he did hope in the word, there were those who feared God that would turn to him that he could share with. And he said, let my heart be blameless regarding your statutes. He was praying that God would help him be that man of integrity that he desired to be in keeping the laws of God. We come to the next Hebrew letter, Kaf, verse 81. My soul faints for your salvation, but I hope in your word. My eyes fail from searching for your word, saying, when will you comfort me? So he's dealing here with just the depression, his soul fainting, waiting upon the Lord. God, when will you deliver us? But he says, I hope in your word. That's my trust. I'm looking to your promises. And he says, when will you comfort me? When will this finally end and you bring your comfort? For I have become like a wineskin and smoke, yet I do not forget your statutes. How many are the days of your servant? When will you execute judgment on those who persecute me? Now, this is an interesting image here, a wineskin and smoke. What does he mean by that? I had to look that up. Uh, and I found out that they would hang their wineskins in a tent 
And off, often there would be like a fire in the tent and there would be smoke in the tent and the smoke would get into the wineskins and make them sort of hard and crusty. And he's feeling that way. I'm like this old, hard, crusty wineskin. But even so, I don't forget your statutes. And then he says, how many are the days of your servant? I think that's a question that people ask as they get older and they realize that the days in front of them are fewer than the days behind them. And we wonder, well, how many days do I have left? And how am I going to use those days? And so he said, when will you execute judgment on my persecutors? You know, Lord, I have a limited lifespan and I'm being persecuted here. And so how long are you going to let this go before you exercise judgment? The proud have dug pits for me, which is not according to your law. All your commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully. And so you see how the wicked will scheme against the righteous. I think about Daniel and there were those wicked administrators that were jealous of Daniel and they went to King Darius and said, oh, king, you know, live forever. Why don't you pass a decree that says if anybody worships a God other than you, they should be thrown into the lion's den. And uh, Darius said, oh, yeah, okay, sounds good, you know, and uh, did it and Uh, Of course, Daniel continued to pray to the Lord three times daily, opened up the window and prayed and was thrown into the lion's den, but God preserved him. But that's what, you know, the proud will do. They will dig pits for the righteous. But just as in that story, God spared Daniel, but those wicked administrators were thrown into the lion's den and the lions consumed them. The psalmist says, all your commandments are faithful So help me, (laughs) help me. He's crying out with this plea, Lord, help me now. They almost made an end of me on earth, but I did not forsake your precepts. Revive me according to your loving kindness so that I may keep the testimony of your mouth. He realized he was in grave danger. They almost made an end of me, but revive me according to your loving kindness. And I think that that is a prayer we should all be praying. Lord, revive us. Give to us that first love because I think it is so important that the church be revived right now so that we may be agents of revival in our nation. But it begins with us. The next Hebrew letter, Lamed, verse 89. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides. I love the fact that the word of God is settled forever in heaven. God establishes his word And Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away. My words shall never pass away. God's word does not change with the mores of society. God does not check the polls to see what righteousness is this week. It stands forever. And God's faithfulness endures to all generations. We can trust him in every generation because he does not change. You established the earth. Now just look and see how nature works. The earth is Moving on its axis, the sun rises and sets, and God sustains it all every day. Verse 91, they continue this day according to your ordinances. All of nature is continuing just as God has established it, for all are your servants. The whole creation is serving God. Man is the only one who rebels. Unless your law had been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. Again, The law of God being his delight, he realized that that was what had sustained him. I will never forget your precepts, 
for by them you have given me life. I am yours, save me, for I have sought your precepts. The wicked wait for me to destroy me, but I will consider your testimonies. I have seen the consummation of all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. So he knew the wicked were waiting for him to seek to do him in, but he continued to consider God's testimonies. And then in this last verse, it's it's difficult to understand. He says, I have seen the consummation of all perfection. Now, there are many interpretations of this, but in my opinion, the psalmist is contemplating the perfections of people in the world. That is all the things that they strive to attain in their lifetime. But he sees the end of all this, and he would agree with Solomon in Ecclesiastes. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. All that these people are striving for is as nothing ultimately. Then he contrasts this with the commandment of God. He says that your commandment is exceedingly broad, meaning that it is changeless and it endures for eternity. It encompasses all humanity for all generations. So we love God and we love people for on these two commands hang all the law and the prophets. The psalmist delights himself in the word even when he has proud people against him and in that he does wisely and we would be wise to do likewise. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow, we'll continue in Psalm 119 as the psalmist expresses his love for the law because of the wisdom he receives from it. The word is a lamp to his feet. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Psalms on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible